I'm going to, I'm going to um, uh, probably preach a little bit of a different word. Is that okay? Because even this afternoon, as I tried to to nap, I believe napping is anointed, and uh, but I couldn't sleep, and that made me even angrier at Pastor Paul. It just made me mad at Pastor Paul for whatever reason, and and. Uh, I couldn't nap. I couldn't nap. I was like, once you taste revival, I just am scared to go to the next place. Because I saw it here this morning. This place is going to ruin guest speakers. Just don't invite anymore because you're ruining us. It's not normal. And um, I mean, you'll come out during a football game. And I just, it's just, it's, but I must tell you that I'm going to make you angry because contents of this message is harmful to your flesh. And so... Again, my anointing has always been to preach to the cave dwellers, uh, to the remnant, to those that are desperate, those that will go past the crowds, those that don't fit in, those that that you you, you are uh, uh, you you can't be normal. You refuse to be normal. You get on people's nerves. You are you've decided to be a mobile upper room that when you walk into rooms, demons dive out windows because something is inside of you, and and you understand the affliction of the flesh. You understand when you read about Paul in First Corinthians four. You read about all the battles he went through. You understand it. You actually get it because somewhere along the way you decided that you don't have to have a title on the door of an office to be a world changer are you with me but i must speak to the ones that are going to get used to revival you're the most dangerous because you need to understand that when you lose your purpose you embrace passivity And so I'm reminded of one of my favorite all-time quotes, a man named Adrian Rogers. He's in heaven now. He pastored in Memphis. But he said this. He said, men throw away broken things, but God can only use you if you're broken. Now, what I have learned is brokenness. In fact, sometimes you think you're broken, but you haven't, haven't actually even started cracking yet. Are you with me? Because his glory is not revealed. The Bible says he put vessels, he puts treasures in jars of clay so that his all-surpassing glory will shine through the cracks. And so, but a lot of times we think we have left for our journey and we've not even gotten the car yet. And so what God has sent me to share with you tonight is you have to understand there is more. And now you've made it this far, seven, eight months in this great move of God, this great outpouring, and there's more. And what has stopped every great move of God is when people think there's no more. That's the most dangerous place you could ever get. I have been there in my ministry. I thought I had arrived, but I hadn't even got on the plane yet. I hadn't even packed. And what you got to understand is the Lord sent me to share a word. He gave it to me on Tuesday morning of this week, early in the morning of this last week. I was in Florida preaching, and he said, you're to cancel all your appointments. I have a lot of, uh, of, of close friends in the Tampa area, and I had to cancel and text everybody and say, nope, can't hang out, can't hang out, can't hang out. I have to hide away today. Because I'm not accountable to them for the word. I'm accountable to him. So the word I must share with you is you must understand. uh, We shared it this morning that God will shout in 2016. But what does that even mean? I must be very, very transparent with you. Because I see America and I'm in a different place. Next week's North Carolina. The next week is is, uh, uh, Texas uh, and so on and so forth. And I am so frustrated. But frustration is not a bad thing. In a moment, I'm going to have you turn to Luke chapter 24. But first, let me take you on a little bit of a journey really quick. Because you got to understand what the, uh, I'm talking about. I'm talking about the agony of victory and the thrill of defeat. The worst thing that ever can, can, can happen to you is to get good at winning. 
because it's in the defeat that we get up. It's when you're knocked down. So a good knocking down changes you. And I'm reminded of what the wisest man that ever lived next to Jesus saw. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 3, he said, frustration is better than laughter because a sad face is good for the heart. Now that makes no sense, but I get it. Because the remnant has chosen to leave a life of compromise for the spirit of consecration. I've come to talk to the ones that live by the, the altered mantra. You have a mantra. What is that mantra? It's Romans 10, verse 13 through 15. For everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. How can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. So I must speak to the ones in this house tonight that are called. And, and I believe that's everybody, but if you don't feel that, you are welcome to, 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 to leave. We've, we've already taken the offering. And so, love you, see ya. And, uh, but I got to speak to the ones that get really weary and frustrated on this journey at different points. And you do really good on Sunday, mo Sunday night, but it's Monday morning. I worry about you. And the answer to your, to your frustration is hidden in your destination. What do you mean by that? The end of yourself is the beginning of God. Some of you are at a major crossroads in this room and it's an awesome place. It's what Augustine of Hippo said it best. He said, hope has, hope has two beautiful daughters, anger and courage. Anger at the way things are and courage to make sure they do not remain so. I cannot truly explain the calling of God unless I take you on this journey tonight because I must speak to those that are crying out for the awakening, awakening of a lost world. Those that understand sleepless nights and distant cries. Those that understand why this thing burns in us. It isn't about another church service. Those that are looking for a place. What if I told you there was a place that would change everything? <laughs> You're going to get a little taste of my new book because, because this is burning inside of me. And, and um, a place where you come empty but leave with more than you ever imagined. A place of surrender that leads to a life of captivating moments. I'm preaching about a place tonight that we're going to visit in a moment. A place where you experience freedom but, but leave chained to something bigger than yourself. A place uh, where joy is matched by desperation and authority is matched by your surrender. A place of encounter where you encounter the greatest love and, 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 and leave with a never-ending realization of knowing there is more. A place where you receive grace for the past and grace for the future. Grace is, has many definitions and uh, a place that is abandoned by many but the masses still seek to find it it's not geographical it's a place it can be in your car it can be in the laundry room it can be in your bedroom it can be in a church service it can be in a hallway it can be your face stuck inside of a locker at school it can be in a bathroom stall I'm, uh, so it's not geographical it's, it can be a sports arena a refugee camp a boat and even in a strip club because one of our Raise the Remnant leaders right now is taking the unqualified book to all the strip clubs all over St. Louis. And, and recently when they got flooded, she took them food in the unqualified book and they're getting saved. And see, that's the people I like to hang out with. I, I, I don't like churchified people that sneer when they drive past a strip club and smirk when they see the homeless. You better be careful. You might be smirking at an angel. 
What if I told you this place you're looking for has been in front of you the whole time? It is called to you. It was just past the pain, just past your embarrassment, just past your hurt, just past uh, your past, uh, but right in front of your future. Uh, you, is that place I'm talking about. When you get to this place I'm about to preach about, be prepared to battle with you. But once you grab the horns of this place called the altar, and say, tie me tight, Father, for I don't want to move and mess up your sacrifice like Isaac did. It changes everything, and this is the place I'm at, my frustration. And you will find it was never really about the place, but really about the one who stood in your place. Are you with me? That's where I'm going. And so look at Luke chapter 24. I must preach a message tonight called The Road to Brokenness. Now, I understand the other communicators and men and uh, women of God that have been here to speak have been hitting this, and it's because we understand that this is the next level of revival. If revival doesn't produce change in a city, you're having a party. If it doesn't produce the loss coming in, what are we doing? We think we can thwart the great commission and make it the great omission because we've made up our mind that it's about us. And then you say, well, that's harsh. I know, but I do want to tell you the altar is open. In, this, in the next few minutes. I'm being serious. You're going to meet him on this road tonight. And the Bible says this in Luke chapter 24, looking at verse 30. Again, he woke me up last Tuesday morning and said, write this word. And I said, Lord, why don't you give me a fun word to write? Where we can shout and dance and scream and holler and I'll get invited to some really big conferences. He said, write the word. So several hours in a hotel room and near Tampa, Florida. God gave me this this week and I must give it to you. The Bible says this. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. I could stop right there and preach on the importance of saying grace. We do treat it flippantly. I treat it flippantly. But there's a moment where you get such a thankful heart because it's the attitude of gratitude that brings you before him. When you're thankful for the small, he gives you authority over the great. There's a, a thankfulness that has to come back to us. That's why Philippians 4, Karen and I do this. We make our petitions known with thankfulness of heart because if you're whining, that is not intercession. That is intermission. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning? Come on, burning ones. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? Would you watch this video? Because I want to preach the road to brokenness. Watch this video.
teaching about the road to brokenness. In fact, what you have to understand as we go into this, I'm, I, I'm very stirred in my spirit because I have tried to define brokenness for years. And I believe that purity is the backbone of authority and authority is determined by brokenness. I believe that with all my heart. I've said that for years that, that I, I, I chase after that. Break me, God. Crush me like an olive to get the anointing oil, to get the wine out of me. Crush me, Lord, so that I'm different. And, and those of you that think this is real wine, it's, it's uh, Pentecostal wine it's grape juice and 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 so because I don't believe in drinking alcohol because I don't invite demons in my house so you go ahead and let that in and all that kind of stuff but anyway I mean you go ahead and make every excuse but don't go to abiding abidingplace.org and read what my friend who's a scientist at abidingplace.org wrote about the alcohol in the church because he gives you the proof of what Jesus drank anyway that's free but I must talk about the road to emancipation the road to freedom and I have found listen to me closely I have found that when when you really really get close to getting free you're even closer to giving up it's right beside each other when you're really really close to getting free you're really really close to giving up I love what the John Newton he wrote amazing grace he was the slave owner and ship captain who had an encounter with God and would spend the rest of his life setting slaves free but this evil man who had an encounter with God wrote amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me he made this statement he said God often takes a course for accomplishing his purpose directly contrary to what our narrow views would prescribe he brings a death upon our feelings wishes and prospects when he is about to give us the desires of our hearts so it's the opposite of what you imagine he brings you to the end of everything and he says now i can trust you with it are you still with me i've been living this oh i wish you'd get excited tonight because you got to understand we're not our hearts burning within us when he spoke so let me give you a little background jesus has died the disciples are now in hiding they are considered revolutionists against the government of Rome they have a price on their heads that morning he is risen from the dead the tomb is empty Rome has already paid off the guards to say that his disciples stole the body and they would start a rumor that persists till today that his body was stolen that's in the Bible so the disciples are done they're done because you have to understand their future was over just 3.5 years earlier before they met him their life was normal they were not being challenged they were just doing life but then they met the Savior and it changed everything normal was no longer normal in fact let me say this the mundane can be the seductress that thwarts the supernatural the mundane can be the seductress that thwarts the supernatural it is why we retire from this thing called ministry because we realize it's just easier on this side but I don't see in the Bible where I'm supposed to ever retire so they met the Savior now he has led them on this journey then he went to a cross and they went to the ultimate altar call the ultimate lamb was shed on an altar and their lives have ended on a question mark it wasn't supposed to be like this he was supposed to overthrow the
the government. They would be the Knights of the Round Table. It wasn't supposed to end up like this, but now they're out wandering, confused, and confusion and intellect are at war with the facts in front of them. And the Bible says two disciples, one by the name of Cleopas, who by the way was Joseph's brother, so he was the uncle to Jesus, one by the name of Cleopas, are walking on a seven-mile journey to a place called Emmaus. Emmaus, if you study the word, it means warm springs. They were walking to the place where people went to get healing. They were going on vacation. They were headed to the ocean. They were done. They're going to the warm springs. And they're on this seven-mile journey. And the Bible says in Luke 24, verse 13, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, and about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Can I just stop right there and say, you better know who you're walking with? Because the greatest problem in the body of Christ is one thing, unity. Half unity, half-hearted, half-minded, half-ended believers have never accomplished anything except for giving up territory to the enemy. So you better know who you're walking with because sometimes misery loves company. You got what I'm saying? And gossipers love to gather together to eat lamb's meat. And visionaries tend to walk alone because it's hard to explain what's going inside of us. So we all got issues with this whole agreement thing. Even though you have to understand Matthew 18, 19, again, I say to you that if two of you agree upon earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my father who is in heaven. Amos 3 verse three says do two walk unless they have agreed to do so do you know what would happen to the Sunday night atmosphere if all of a sudden in the parking lot all over this place long before the six o'clock hour hits people were standing in agreement all over this place two or three Jesus would be going from place to place to place but what would happen if it changed what if it changed our Sunday afternoon changed but instead of just going to get something to eat and getting our nap and then going back to church no 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 but it became about a journey on a Sunday where we started walking in agreement all day long for the power of God to pour out oh my lord it would shake this place even greater somebody give it a big God bless so the ones you're walking with better be speaking the same language if you want revival you have to say Lord I draw a circle around me and fix what's in the circle first then I draw a second circle fix those I'm influencing father so that we can come into agreement the most dangerous thing to the devil is a a husband and wife that actually walk in agreement because you'll chase hell out of your house you'll yank your babies out of hell your family will suddenly shift your kids will start making good grades you'll start seeing things happen in your finances if you ever come into agreement every morning begin to agree together for the supernatural Karen and I have been doing it for two years this week you have to understand it changed everything but then they were interrupted by freedom what do you mean Pat? Watch what happens. They're walking along. They're having a pity party. And suddenly, Jesus walks up. And the Bible goes on to say in Luke chapter 24, and I watch this because this is so good, and I believe it's for this house. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. 
but they were kept from recognizing him. Oh, stop right there. Has your battle become so intense that you can't see God in the midst of your issue? He's standing there, but they couldn't see him. He was right there all the time. Oh, this blows my mind. In Psalms 51 verse 16, it says, going through the motions doesn't please, please, please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered, heart shattered lives, ready for the love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. You have to understand Galatians 5.1. Then it goes on to say, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. I would love, I wish I had a Holy Ghost bucket of water that I could run through the churches of America on Sunday morning and just start throwing it on people saying he's right here you don't conjure up God you conjure up devils we don't whip him into frenzy he's here and sometimes your issue is blinding your deliverance in Luke 24 it goes on to say in verse 17 he asked them what are you discussing together as you walk along they stood still their faces downcast one of them named Cleopas his uncle who most likely raised him after Joseph died. Because when you, the first people you need to go see when you resurrect is your family. Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these, these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. They didn't say he was the Savior. They reduced God down because they felt reduced. I'm not talking about a, a testimony. I'm talking about where we stand up and say, they crucified the king. But it goes on to say in Luke 24, verse 20, now watch, watch, it's powerful. And the chief priests and our, he, they said, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped, we had hoped, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. We had hoped I had hoped I would get that job, but apparently he's not big enough. I had hoped my husband would come home, but he just must not be big enough. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. The word redeemer in the Hebrew is gawalt, and it means purchase with blood. No redemption comes without blood. We had hoped he would, he had just died. What else he got to do? And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. Oh, ha, ha, ha. you got to get this. Can you see this? They are doubting their promises because he has disappeared on them and he wasn't what he, they thought he would be to them. And yet he was doing war for the keys to the kingdom for you and I. He was fighting Satan. He was being glorified in front of his father. He was in his emancipation from the flesh of the world into the glory of the spirit. And they're running around and he hasn't been God like they thought he would be and but they don't understand the body had been broken and it goes on to say in verse 22 through 24 Cleopas tells Jesus the women found the tomb was empty and they saw angels but they didn't see him <laughs> we've reduced the supernatural down haven't we they saw angels but there was an angel sitting on the rock and all but I've seen angels, I write about an unqualified. I've, I've seen angels three times in my life and every time I screamed like a girl. I'm such a sissy.
and he was gone. But they forgot he promised they would, that this would happen. He had said, had they forgotten or was the noise of their disappointment louder than the promise of resurrection? John 2, 19, Jesus had said, he said, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And they had just seen the greatest altar call in history. They had just seen the greatest move of God in history. Now it was horrible, but it was the propitiation of sin, the mercy seat. It was the ultimate sacrifice. It was every prophetic word from Psalms to Isaiah to, uh, to, to Malachi. It was the son of righteousness will rise up with healing in his wings. To, to, he, he led to the slaughter, a lamb led to the slaughter who opened not his mouth. Every word that was spoken had come in to fulfillment at that moment can I just say this God is not your slot machine he's not your every now and then when guilt hits your reset button Hillary <laughs> sorry forgive me didn't mean to go there but <laughs> I'm so sorry watch I'm not. I'm sorry. You know that. <laughs> but let me just say this to you. I mean, I'm telling you, if I've ever felt a word for this house, it's right now. It's got to stop. Your wavering is causing the wandering. They're watching us. They're watching us. And you need to realize we must stop wavering between two opinions. He said, ask, seek, and knock. The door is open. They had just seen the greatest altar call in history. I mean, it was over. It was finished. And you need to understand, some of you are only steps away from your revelation of what God has been trying to prepare you through for all these years, all your junk, all your garbage. And we've got to get rid of this coexist mentality that, that you know what, well, uh, you know, other, other, there's other religions out there, and, and they also know what, a, that what it's like to, to have their belief system. But I guess mine's pretty strong no 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 you got to make up your mind with or without another miracle with or without another tingle of goosebumps with or without another altar call I will praise him put me on a desert island somewhere I'm still gonna praise him if I lose everything tomorrow I'm still gonna praise him if everybody walks away from me I'm still gonna praise him he's still the best that has ever come along nothing can top him he is the king of kings he is oh if you want me to I'll just start bragging I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. And you need to realize you're only steps away from revelation. And in Luke 24, verse 25, he said to them, how foolish are you? How slow to believe all the prophets, all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? This is Jesus talking to him on the right. They still don't know it's him. I mean, I bet they looked at each other and went, man, this dude knows his stuff, doesn't he? He must have been to Bible college. <laughs> and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. <laughs> he read the Bible to them. These were supposed to be the disciples, and a stranger was explaining to them what they're supposed to believe. He literally walked through the entire Bible with them. It was a long walk, or they walked slow like me. Can I just say something to you? No more bipolar Christianity. 
To ask Jesus to marry a bipolar bride is to ask him to love someone that believes relationship is dictated by circumstances. This isn't new. Elijah stood on, on Mount Carmel fighting Jezebel and her prophets of Baal and her minions. And, and he said in 1 Kings 18, 21, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. You need to understand, being fair weather is how the devil got kicked out of heaven. Martin Luther King said it best. He said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. And God is not a fair-weather friend. He doesn't just decide to bless us on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. He is a God of every moment. And you cannot, your doubt will not diminish him. Your, your disbelief is not going to diminish him. Because he didn't do what you asked him to do. He's still God. He said it in John chapter 16. In this life, you're going to face many trials and sorrows. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And what you got to realize is, I have learned this. And it's burning inside of me. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He, he said. he said, a man can no more diminish God's glory by refusing to worship him than a lunatic and put out the sun by scribbling the word darkness on the walls of his cell Paul even gave a powerful defense in 1 Corinthians 15 he said this he said think straight awaken to the holiness of life no more playing fast and loose with resurrection facts are you getting this ignorance of God is a luxury you can't afford in times like these aren't you embarrassed that you've let this kind of thing go on for so long quit cheating on God I'm telling you I'm looking for people that will rise up on Monday morning and go into work and not just talk about how cool your service is but walk in and say no I'm not talking trash with you. Don't email me anymore, that garbage. I'm not like that anymore. It's James. I love what it says in the book of James chapter 4. You're cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God in his way. And do you suppose God doesn't care? The proverb has it, has it that he is fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you ever find. Somebody give the Lord a shout across this room. So let God work his will in you. Loud, yell aloud, no to the devil and watch him scamper. And this is it, I'm getting ready to close. Don't leave without him. I beg you, don't you leave without him. Because you've had an encounter God with, and you've had freedom, but the devil's waiting to come back with seven times stronger. He's saying, hold on, hold on. I know their pattern. I know their pattern. They get on fire for about six months to a year, but we're going to take them out. And then you can move in, and we're not just going to get them. We're going to get their children. So I wish somebody would say, no, devil. I wish somebody would say, I wish somebody would get a hold of what I'm trying to say to you. I'm sending out warning signs to this place because God is moving, and this thing is going to another level. And we do not want you to be a casualty of war, but instead we want you with him shouting over you in the front of the army saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Ain't nothing back there. Ain't nothing back there. The cross before me. All of them behind me. With the cross before me. I just got this in my spirit. I'm going to sing. The cross before me. All of them back there behind me. What'd you say? What'd you say? Oh my goodness. 
if he solidifies his glory in your life you'll solidify your place before the throne it changes everything I'm not going back I'm not going back there I'm I'm not going back and the Bible goes on to say because don't leave without him Luke 24 verse 20 verse 28 as they approached the village to which they were going Jesus continued on as if he were going farther but they urged him strongly stay with us for it's nearly evening the day is almost over so he went in to stay with them oh you know what that tells me he doesn't always hang on for the ride that'll go against your theology oh he's close closer than a brother but don't ask him to participate in something that he cannot be a part of you do not reduce your Jesus down to your flesh that means when you go see a movie and they take his name in vain, get up and walk out and walk up to the front counter and say, I didn't know that was in there. Give me my money back. I ain't paying for that garbage. I do that. I walk up the counter and go, you know what? I didn't see that was in the movie. Forgive me. I didn't check that, that website about it. I need my money. I need my money. Get that crazy look. Get that. Don't even talk to him. They're like right here. I need my money. Twitch, twitch, twitching does it. <laughs> you just gotta go. And then he, don't, don't take anybody with you, but talk to somebody beside you. Are they ignoring me? Just <laughs> you need to live up here for a week on vacation. This is the warm springs. But there's moments where Jesus is waiting on the invitation. I wish I could stand up in churches across America and say, stop having church without him. And so many times we miss the moments where he's wanting to do something in a service, but we've learned to not ask him to go along. I'm crying out. I'm calling on this house to begin to continually say, please stay with us. Please stay. Somebody say it. Please stay. Yeah. Reminded of years ago, Karen and I had been on the road for about six months as evangelists, and we went to this church, and we had this incredible outbreak of God, and it lasted for two weeks. It was right during the revi Brownsville revival time, and so this kind of stuff was normal, but it was just move of God. I didn't know what I was doing. I was having to write sermons every day. I didn't have an arsenal at the time, and, and so I, I was freaked out. This thing broke out. We didn't know God was going to do this. We had never seen anything like this, and I'm reminded of a Sunday morning when the pastor was leading worship from behind the piano, and it's a decent-sized church, and he's leading worship, and God is moving powerfully, and Karen, it's before she had tapped into her prophetic anointing of dreams and visions. She didn't know she had that, and all of a sudden, God gives Karen a vision of Jesus riding towards the church on this white horse mounted as to war face painted his face was painted and he's riding towards the church and at any moment she said Pat I kept expecting him to bust through the door I saw him coming towards the church I saw him coming and when you say well why would he paint his faces under war because the Bible says never be lacking in zeal but put on spiritual fervor spiritual fervor means to paint your face like a warrior and ride into battle so you need to understand he's a warrior okay get him off your necklace he's bigger than that he's he's a king and and so she said I 
kept waiting on him to bust through the door. I kept waiting on the doors to explode in the back with a horse with Jesus on it. But then they stopped the service and moved on to the announcements and moved on to whatever else was next in the service. And she said, and I saw the horse kick back and stop. And Jesus put his head down. Oh, dear God, how many times if we'd have just pressed through just a little bit more, it would have been the breakthrough. If we'd have just said, please stay. Stay in this moment. I'm throwing out my agenda for the service. It's gone. I don't even care anymore. The problem is Jesus doesn't fit in most orders of service. And the loss of the altar call has led to a wandering Jesus. And this is it. But the altar of brokenness produces change. I challenge you, I challenge you, I challenge you tomorrow morning to, be, to set the alarm early. I challenge you to crawl through your house and pray in the Holy Ghost. I challenge you when your kids are walking out the door to speak life over them. Listen, it is not our job on Sunday night to get them to heaven. It's our job to get them home. It's your job to get them to heaven. And the Bible says, and the altar of brokenness produces change. Listen, I'm, I'm done right here. In fact, in fact, worship team, come on, I'm, I'm done. It's going to get heavy in a second. Why would you preach this? We, were, we had like this shout time this morning. And because it's the next level of revival. It's the contending. How many hundreds or even thousands of times, Pastor Kim, have you come up here and said, we must contend, we must contend. And nobody understands it. They don't understand it. I've heard you say it every time I've been contend. The Bible says in Luke 24, verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he gave thanks. He broke it. This is so good. You do understand that when he broke the bread, it goes on to say in verse 31. When he when he just reached out, I bet he was just like sitting there and they're like, this is the coolest dude. He's like the smartest man. He knows the Bible really well. And then he goes. Anyway. He had said in John chapter 6, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. See, aroma doesn't come from the bread till you break it. Immediately when I broke it, I smelt it. And for all of you on the Daniel fast, <laughs> people are like, I, I, I'll try it. <laughs> I'll take a, little, take a little piece. You gonna do communion? Do communion. <laughs> and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. It's my favorite. Is this where you get burning hearts? Is this where you get that? I've heard you say it. Yeah, y'all talk about the burning ones in this church. And they ask each other, duh, were not our hearts burning when he was talking to us? And he opened scriptures to us. God's looking for the burning hearts. Where's the burning ones? The ones that can feel he's nearby. Isn't he? I feel him. I like people like that. 
I've got a few people. John Austin Kilpatrick, he's John Kilpatrick's grandson, will say to me, he'll walk over during worship, he travels with us, he'll walk over to me and go, I can feel him, Pastor. And for me, it's like, finally. Because Karen, if she's speaking or I'm speaking, we encourage each other, we'll look over at each other and go, he's here. It's not going to be a hard day. Put me around somebody that, that, that will lean over to Pastor Paul on Sunday morning and say, I got up at 5 a.m. He's going to move today. It's just that one little push, isn't it? It's a push. This was the first altar call after the cross. The second would be in the upper room. It was when the bread was broken that Jesus was revealed. It's Psalms 51. The sacrifices of God. I love it in the Amplified Version. My sacrifice, the sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, broken down with sorrow for sin and humbly and thoroughly penitent. Such, O God, you will not despise. The word broken, right there, I, I looked it up, crushed, broken in pieces, torn, brought to birth. The two word, the word contrite means collapsed physically or mentally. So the two words describe a soul in devastated brokenness. You're at the place of giving birth. It's what, it literally describes the moment before birthing. There's nothing left. They say push and you go, I can't. I can't. It was Karen after 12 hours of labor with Nate. And I would whisper, you, you got a little more in you, come on. What if I told you the place that I mentioned just a few moments ago was right in front of you? Come near to God, he'll come near to you. James chapter 4, wash your hands, cleanse your heart, purify your hearts, double-minded. Oh, listen. Psalms 26, verse 6 through 7, when it says, wash my hands. Now look what it says in Psalms. I scrub my hands with a purest soap, then join hands with the others in the great circle, dancing around your altar, God, singing God's songs at the top of my lungs, telling God's stories. <laughs> Culture of glory. We must weep again. Second Corinthians seven, godly sorrow brings repentance. It's it's Psalm fifty six. Record my lament, lament. Record my tears. It's Nate. And one afternoon, I write about this, and I believe, um, un, or I am a remnant. He calls me. He's in spring football practice after spring break. He's driving home and he's weeping so hard. I said to him, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I didn't know what had happened. And he couldn't talk. I said, pull off the road. I'll come meet you. Pull off the road. He was driving home for football practice. I said, I'll come meet you, son. What's going on? Tell me what's wrong. And finally, he said, dad, my friends went off at spring break. Two guys that were sold out to God with him. And they threw it all away. Threw the virginity, threw their life away. A lot of other stuff. He said, I'm all they were the only two guys I had. And I said, just stay right where you're at. I'm coming to meet you on the side of the road. He was heaving, brokenness, lamenting. And I said, let's pray, let's pray, let's fight for him, let's contend. And we did. And a week later, one of them knocked on the door with blood running down his face. He had been beat up by his stepfather. This young man named Michael would have a lot of issues. He would, he would end up becoming an alcoholic after high school but Nate stayed with him hung on kept encouraging him. he ended up going to a spirit filled place got radically delivered 
been with us the last year we just launched him where he's going to 11 nations as a missionary but it started with uh, it started with stopping on the side of the road saying I'm not quitting on my friends man you can't have my friends devil it started with that afternoon in the truck that's when the intercession began it's that next level it's me crawling to Dr. Bill Bright, the great founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. I crawled in his kitchen to his wheelchair. It'd be the last time I see him before he died. And I laid my head on his lap and I said, would you lay your mantle on me, Dr. Bright? And he started crying and tears rolled off his face on the mind. I ran out the door and jumped in a cab to the airport in Orlando and I never saw him again. He went to heaven. Founder of National Day of Prayer. There comes a moment, church, dads where you let your kids see you weep again David said my tears have been my food day and night while men say to me all day long where is your God Psalms 84 verse 5 blessed happy fortunate to be envied is a man whose strength is in you whose heart are the highways to Zion passing through the valley of Baca the valley of weeping they make it a place of springs the early rain also fills the pools with blessings they go from strength to strength increasing in victorious power each of them appears before God in Zion in order to go to strength to strength you've got to weep again you've got to come to that place of brokenness well Jesus didn't weep really <laughs> Hebrews 5 says it was in the, in the scripture there that in the video that during the days of Jesus life on earth he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears the one who could save him from the death and he was heard because of his reverent submission so the Bible says Jesus leaves he's gone Pfft, gone he's out of here the two jump up they didn't finish their meal they run to back to Jerusalem they go running up the stairs and the Bible says in Luke chapter 24 verse 33 they stood up and testified verse 34 they said is it true the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon then the two told of what had happened to them on the way happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread I'm done. I don't even know if you're getting this. Oh. I had seasons, man, where I got so good at ministry, I didn't need Jesus. And those were the loneliest seasons of my walk. Because it's when you need Him that you weep it's when you need him that you cry out it's when you need him that you'll go after him it's when you say the king is among us his glory surrounds us they didn't know he was right there so tonight I say what if <laughs> he had said my body's broken for you. Do this as often as you meet. Do this in remembrance of me. Paul reconfirmed it, I believe, in 1 Corinthians 11. The brokenness of God. Stand with me. It's when you become broken before Him that your next begins. These warriors... And by the way, Jesus came walking through the door right after that. said, yep. He walked through the door. He didn't go through the doorway. He walked through the wall. 
and then he commissioned them to change the world but all it took was they're talking away you ready for supper let's eat let's eat hope you like what we made for you tonight it's you you're risen Jesus played peekaboo a lot after he rose from the dead he just played peekaboo I'm here to play peekaboo. I play peekaboo with my grandson. It makes him laugh. I do it on FaceTime. He starts laughing. You know why Jesus played peekaboo? Why he would pop in and pop out, pop in and pop out? Because the same reason why parents play peekaboo with their kids. You're letting your kids know, even though you can't see me, I'm still here. That's why we play peekaboo. Jesus is saying, even though you can't see me, when I pop in and out of these places, I disappeared at the table. Now I popped into this room. It's to let you know I'm still here. So I'm going to play peekaboo with you for the next 40 days. Then I'm going to get out of here. And it's your turn. What if tonight the glory and the presence of God broke open in this room? I wish somebody in this room. Hold on one second. Just for a second. I wish somebody in this room, I want everyone that, they, they, I wish, uh, they, you know, shut your eyes. I, I'm wondering if somebody in this room can think of in the last week places you went that you didn't invite him to go. And the Lord is saying, ask me to stay. Because they ask him. He started to go the other direction. And he's, he asked, they had to ask him to stay. I'm looking for someone in this room at the top of your lungs that will cry out, please stay. Please stay. Somebody that needs him to interrupt your issue. Somebody that's desperate for God. Um, no, no, I can't hear you. I don't want this move of God to end. I'm sure, Pastor Paul, y'all have talked about what do we do when this thing slows down, but it doesn't have to slow down. I, I know I would because I'm analytical. I'd be going, okay, what do we do if it, if it starts to die out? It doesn't have to if the people will say, please stay, please stay. It's a next level of revelation. He'll break open the bread in front of you. You'll see him like you've never seen him. But I just wonder if somebody in this room will say, please stay. Louder, church! Louder! Please stay. Please visit my bedroom. Please visit my children. Please stay. Please stay. Now, Father, I'm asking that a spirit of brokenness hits the room for the next level because then I want you to I want you to get ready. I'm gonna do what Father tells me to do. He's telling me to do this right now. I gotta do what he told me to do. So look at me for a second. Everyone look at me. Say it again. Hold on. When I, when I break the bread, at the moment I break the bread, I want you to scream, please stay. And I want you to shut your eyes after I do that. So it's going to be three parts. I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the bread. You're going to scream, please stay. And then I want you to shut your eyes. And you will have a supernatural encounter where you're standing. I'm telling you, he'll be smiling. And it's going to be intense. Brokenness is not about crying. We get, we're all broken about our sin. We, I'm, that's not what this message was about. I'm telling you, it's about the next 
next level of the anointing we all get broken about our sin we feel guilty about it we lament we cry out God I'm so sorry that is not brokenness that's forgiveness and repentance brokenness is another level brokenness is when you want God more than man's approval you're not worried about anything anymore you're desperate for him brokenness is a level that cannot be described to you walk that road so that's why he broke the bread he said you've already experienced the cross but now you've got to experience a lifestyle and it's gonna get intense just as I was broken you will be broken so we're going to do three things. I'm going to break the bread. You're going to scream, please stay. Please stay at the top of your lungs. You're going to scream that out and then shut your eyes immediately and let's see what God does. This is what he told me to do. He told me to do this. He told me to do it. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what he told me to do. I'm going to do what he told me to do. I just heard him when I say, he told me he told me to do this. So I'm going to do it. This is my body, he said, that was broken. He's here. He's here. He's here. on your door the things that have been waiting in wait lying in wait because that's what the devil does he waits he waits till you're weak till you're tired he waits till you're exhausted he waits he waits to sneak up on you that's the way he operates he's a terrorist by nature he waits till you let your guard down he waits he waits I need someone to make up your mind that is all in this room that you know what it's like to fall away come back fall away come back fall away come back it's got to stop we are breaking that old covenant with flesh tonight we are saying no more I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back I need someone that says I can't go back to come walking towards the front and as you're walking you're gonna meet him on the road he's gonna meet you halfway but I need you to scream out please stay follow Jesus no turning back no turning back I 
cross behind me. Oh, the cross before me. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. Please stay. Please stay. A little bit louder. Please interrupt my life. No longer will church, will Jesus be part-time. But it is a continual communion where we're talking. Please stay. Please stay. Please stay. Please don't leave. Please stay. 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 The king is among us. Love is victorious. Please stay. Just sing it one more time. We'll go to the next level. Oh, the King is among us. His glory surrounds us. His fire is falling as we sing. The Savior is for us. His love is victorious. Revival is rising in His name. Begin to cry out to God across this room. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Contend for this. Contend. Contend. God is cauterizing hearts for him tonight. He is sealing off areas of your life that have held you back. Say, all I want is you, God. Tell him, this is your repentance call tonight. All I want is you. 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 Break open in front of me, God, where I see you like never before. I will not be a bipolar Christian. All I want is God. I am in this thing. I'm drawing a line. If I lose friends, if I lose fans, if I lose followers, Followers, then let them go. Louder, contend. Please stay. Please stay. Please stay. Please stay. Fall on your face across this room. Get on your knees if you physically can. Only if you physically can, cry out to God and begin to consecrate yourself before the Lord for tomorrow he will do great exploits. Consecrate yourself and say, I'm in it, I'm in it, I'm not leaving. Please stay. 
Cry out! Tell him I will not leave you behind anymore, Lord. I'm taking you to bed with me and I'm getting up with you. I want God more than anything. without the music can you contend please stay can't hear you pray in the Holy Ghost if you're not baptized yet he'll baptize you right now it was the next level it's what gave the disciples the ability to go to the next level they prayed in the Holy Ghost say fill me with your fire God pray in the Holy Ghost now a language between you and heaven cry out in the spirit he'll anoint your hands if your hands start burning then that is God anointing you to lay hands on the sick if your feet start burning it means he is a burning one he means is the burning ones if your feet start burning that means you're anointed for the good news you must tell it if your heart is hurting you are called to heal the hurting wherever you're burning is where God is in you please stay please stay I can't hear you I can't hear you I'm telling you pray for the lost 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 this thing this place must be if you are lost in this room I don't know why the Lord's telling me this but I believe there's seven people that need to give their heart completely to God you showed up and didn't even want to show up and if that is you and you're not ashamed and I don't even know if you'll do it or not because it's a different type of altar call but if that is you raise one hand in the air if you say I need salvation right now I need this Jesus raise one hand in the air right now raise it up high now stand up where you're at and raise both your hands if that is you I want to see you rise a head taller than the rest of every rise up raise both hands in the air now and say Jesus Christ I accept you 
Look at me if your hands are raised. Ready? God's going to reveal himself to you. Here's the bread. He's going to reveal himself to you, man. He's going to reveal himself. If your hands are raised, pray this out loud. Say, Jesus. Out loud, say, Jesus. Even if it's louder than everybody else in the room, say, Jesus, I need you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. My heart is burning. I'm calling out to you. Save me. Say it. I can't hear you. I want you to scream and save me. Please stay in my heart. Jesus, forgive me. You are the Christ. Those that just stood up, you need to know the Spirit of God is right in front of you and He is moving all over you. And if you see someone standing around you, go to them now. Go to them right now and begin to pray for them. There's people that are standing. Go to them right now and wrap them up. And everyone else begin to intercede. Please stay. 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 Say it out loud. I will eat your flesh, drink your blood. I'm not going back. I'm in this thing. Please stay. Doug, you need healing, don't you? You need complete healing, right, my friend? Break it. He'll reveal himself in your body, and that right leg will be healed. That stuff's got to disappear right now in Jesus' name. Who wants God to be revealed on your campus? You say, I want God to be revealed on my campus, on my high school, junior high campus. Raise your hand. Where are you at? 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 Right, right here. Right here, sweetheart. You're the one that's weeping right here. In the, I want you to catch this, and I want you to hold it up in the air, and I want you to break it for the revelation of God to be revealed on your campus. Okay? That's yours. Ready? Hold it up. Break it! Who, who, who carries a burden for the lost, for the revelation of God to be revealed in their lives? Raise your hand if that's you. I got to do this right now. I got to throw this to somebody. Sweetheart, right here in the black. I'm throwing it to you, okay? I'm going to throw this to you. And I want you to break it over, over, over this place. Right here, right here, right behind you. Somebody help me get this to her. You ready? Right there. Hand it to her. Hand it. There you go. Good catch. You ready? Who says, I want to see marriages healed? I am tired of divorce in this city. I am tired of this thing attacking. If that's you, I need a man to raise his hands. It takes men. Ready? Hold it up for the marriages in this city. Break it! Who says, I'm ready for the call of God to rise up in this church and for people to accept? You ready? Break it. Please stay. Who says I'm ready for disease to leave our church? I want to see it broken off our church. No more cancer. No more death. No more lies of the enemy. No more glaucoma. No more diabetes. No more cancer. No more heart disease. Where are you at? Where are you at? Right back here in, in, the, in the orange. You ready? You're going to break it. But you need to understand it's going to hurt when you break it because you're going to feel how the enemy is afflicting the righteous. Okay, can you do this? All right, ready? Hold it up. Break it! 
God will be revealed in whatever we're doing. Who has ever been involved in perversion in this room? And you say, I want to see this broken off people because it's a lying spirit. Perversion. You know what I'm talking about. Blessed appear in our village is God. Perversion is birthed out of fear, which leads to anger or perversion. Fear always leads to anger or perversion. One or the other, and anger always leads to perversion. If you say, because that's why the Bible says in James that if you're wise, you don't get angry. But you say, I've been involved in perversion. I want it broken off. You right? Is that you? Okay. When you break it, we're believing that the blinders and eyes are open to the lies of living in an imaginary perverse world. Break it! If you're tired of the affliction of poverty and finances over your family, raise your hand. Be honest. It's like it's always a war. Who in here says, I've had enough. I'm ready for the camels to come. I'm ready for the camels to come. The camels are coming. Who says, that's me? That's me. Is that you? You want to do it? Come stand right here. But I want you to hold it up and say, my God. My God. Shall supply. Shall supply. All my needs. All my needs. Poverty. Poverty. Broken. Broken. Please stay. Please stay. Break it. Come on, pry out in the spirit. Oh, yeah. The king is among us. His glory surrounds us. Pastor Paul and Kim, come here. Sing it out, church. Pastors Paul and Kim. His love is victorious. The Bible is rising in his name. Is among us. It's time for God to break Story open this city. It's time for every wall that has stood in the way to be knocked down. It's time for revival to hit Phoenix, Arizona and spread. Spread all over this place from Sedona to Surprise to the other areas of this city. God says, I'll pour out my spirit. You have the apostolic anointing to say, please stay. And when you hold that up, you're going to both of you break this thing apart for the eyes of this city to be open because you are apostolic mom and dad over this city. God is giving the city to you because you prove faithful. So when you're ready, we're going to watch, but we're going to scream. The minute they break it open, scream, please stay. You ready? When they break it open, scream, please stay. Oh, yeah. 
Now turn to somebody and say to them. Savior is for Point at them. Do it to two or three people so nobody gets missed. Look at them and say, please stay. Keep pointing at them. Keep pointing at them. Keep pointing at them. Say, please stay. We're in this thing for the long haul. Shout out. Please stay. Come on, worshipers, throw your hands in the air. Ask him to stay. Ask him to stay. Ask him to stay. Won't you stay? deposit a seed of revival into revival a bench that sat through the great awakenings Back it up. pastor Paul and Kim if you'll have a seat for one moment if those that sat in that pew would have said please stay he would have 
But tonight, we commission that pew as a part of your prayer life. A seed that has traveled across this country and weathered years and years. A seed that was ignored. A church that died and became nothing but a wedding chapel because it was pretty. That pew was crying out saying, there's a house in Phoenix, Arizona where there's a couple that have contended. Someone can get me. The prayers of the revivalists are in that pew. The sermons of the warriors. The tears of the saints. I commission that pew as a seed to the revival. That is the place, one of the many places where you can say, please stay. So tonight we dedicate this relic of revival to come alive again. Stretch your hands out and pray. May they hear the voice of the Lord as they sit in this chair. May young Zion cry up, crawl up in this chair to play and feel the love of God all over it. <laughs> May David and Jessica on weary days stop by the house and sit in the bench. But Lord, just as the number 33 was the year that Pastor Kim's mother, we didn't know this till this afternoon, the year that Pastor Kim's godly mother was born. And then the other number on here is the number 64 is the year she was born. Lord, that represents a generational anointing that is on this house. The number 33, the number 64. Lord, we declare in Jesus' name, generational anointing, that our children will pass us. We agree together our kids will pass us. By the anointing of God, that they will have downloads, revelation, and encounters on this seed that is now planted in fertile soil. Please stay. This bench, I imagine wanted to scream, please stay. But God is now looking for a church that will scream, please stay. What'd you say? What did you say? What'd you say? Hey! Just lift your hands, would you please?
Father, we just ask you to seal this moment. That this moment would create a movement deep in the heart of this house like we have never seen. Lord, I decree that you are raising up a revival remnant in this place whose hearts burn deep, not shallow experiences, but deep, deep revelation of who you are and that you are here and that we refuse to ever go back and to settle for anything less but will always contend for more. Jesus, the cry is stay. Stay in this place. Stay in our lives. Lord, if we have to be broken a thousand times, break us. That we might see you for who you are. Lord, I just come into agreement that this is a catalyst moment and a catalyst day. And that revival has just taken a quantum leap in this house. And there is going to be a depth to this place. For there is the river of God that is flowing. But it is not a shallow river. It is a deep river. And it is deep so it can be sustained. It is deep so it can move past the doors of a church. Into a city. Into a region. And into a nation. Lord. These people that stand before you with their hands lifted tonight. Lord they are the fuel. They are the people that burn. They are anointed. They are gifted. They are called. They are set apart. And every weapon that the enemy has set against them to detour them, to distract them, to deceive them, every weapon has failed in Jesus name because we stand here now in your presence and we stand here in this moment to see the greatest manifestation of your spirit that this planet has ever experienced and we decree now that it shall begin it shall begin to multiply it shall begin to move ah in greater measure in this place and we decree it now in Jesus' name. Father, we are messed up, but we are thankful. We yield ourselves. Do whatever you got to do to redeem, to restore, and to revive and resurrect in this place. And we thank you for our Father. And we give you praise. And the church shouted. No, no, I said the church 
shout it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've done this privately, but I want to do this publicly to say how much, uh, how thankful we are, Pat, that you would value us enough to invest that in this house, in this revival, and to Kim and I. It means everything to us. I love you. You're my brother forever. Thank you for doing this. It means everything to us. Well, this is one of those moments. Is there any visiting pastors here or youth pastors? And you would like, to, we want to pray over you. Is there anyone here tonight? Uh, where? Where? Amen. We'd like for you to come sit in the, in the, the bench here. Sit on the bench. Welcome these that are visiting. Come on. Come on, fresh start. Stretch your hands out. Lord, may they carry revival, Lord. Back to their church, Lord. May they carry. Come on, come on, intercessors. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Lord, may they carry the power of the Spirit, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the hunger, Lord, the hunger, the hunger for revival, the hunger for revival, the hunger, Lord. Come on, cry out that God send revival to their church. Come on and cry out for lifeguard center. Come on, lifeguard center. Cry out that God would come to come to lifeguard center. Oh, We decree, we declare, Lord God, that your spirit will move strong in lifeguard center in the name of Jesus. Lord, let a spirit of intercession fall on this church, Lord. Let a spirit of intercession fall on this church, Lord. Julie, come up here. Shirley, where are you? Come up here. Let a spirit of intercession fall on this church in the name of Jesus. It starts with intercession. Come on, we know that. We know that. Raise your voices. Lay your hands on them. Impart intercession. Ladies, receive it. of intercession a spirit of intercession a spirit of intercession a spirit of intercession now get ready to shout a breakthrough shout for lifeguard church come on ready shout unto god right now to break open over lifeguard church
gonna give these give these ladies a hand from Lifeguard Church. Y'all remember to pray for Lifeguard Church. These are the youth pastors from Church for the Nations, Surprise Campus. Put your hands together for a mighty man of God in this city. Come on. These are the youth pastors at that campus. Generation that I must feel when I go to bed at night. The weight of a generation. You cannot quit. You cannot give up. God says, hear the cries of this generation now. Come on, Church for the Nations, Church for the Nations, in surprise. Come on. Come on, intercessors. Revival over this city. It's not just going to happen here at Fresh Start. It's not just going to be here in this building. It's going to other churches. It's going to other campuses. It's going to other territories. Oh, bust open, Lord. Bust open over surprise.
right here. Come on, let's stretch your hands out. And God's going to continue to increase the intercession. And they represent many. Come on. I need you to raise your voices loud. No music. Come on. Lord, let the spirit of birthing, the spirit of birthing, oh God. Oh, somebody just lift your hands. Come on. I feel a fresh blanket and a fresh wave. Oh, of anointing to intercede. Oh, God, give us eyes to see what you're doing. Give us ears to hear what you're saying, Lord. Oh, give us vision to see where you're taking us, oh, Lord. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Lord, 
This is the sounds of revival. 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 Yes, yes, yes. This, this, this is the sound of revival. Come on, reach your hands up here. This is grandmother imparting to granddaughter. Come on, an anointing and a mantle. Oh, Lord, we believe, we believe that what you did then, you can do now, Lord, and even greater. We believe what you did then, you will do now, and even greater. We contend, we wait, we say, don't leave, Lord, don't leave, don't leave, Father. Increase your presence, Lord, increase your presence, Lord, increase your presence, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. 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 Now give God another breakthrough shout. Come on, go to Bokoshe over that generation. Come on up, Rod. And since not all of you will fit on the bench, come and stand behind. Amen. And put your hands on that bench. Come on. You're looking at prayer warriors that have birthed, helped birth this revival many, many years ago. Come on. Come on. God's going to continue to increase the prayer anointing and the prayer mantle on them. You're looking at three people that was very instrumental in getting your pastor and I here to Phoenix, Arizona. Very instrumental. Mantle, mantle, mantle. Oh, what a picture. Oh, what a picture. Come on, everybody under 30. Lift your hands and receive the mantle from these guys. Come on, raise your hands and raise your voices and cry out for the mantle right now that these guys carry. Cry out for the mantle and the anointing of prayer that they carry. Cry out for the mantle that they have carried to persevere through suffering and persevere through trial. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout, do it again, Lord. Come on, shout, do it again, Lord. I want us to sing the first part of that song, David, all right? Come on, close your eyes, lift your hands, and we're going we're gonna to be finished after this. What a powerful seed that has been planted in our church, a powerful seed that has been planted in our lives. Let's worship. We ask the Lord today. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Jesus.
pensées. In the days of old, would you do it again? Would you do it again? Sing all our fathers. All the fathers saw in the days of old. Would you do it again? Would you do it again? All the stories told, all the miracles. Would you do it again? Would you do it again? Sing all our fathers. All the fathers saw in the days of old. Would you do it again? Would you do it again? All the stories told, all the miracles. Would you do it again? Would you do it again? All our fathers, all our fathers saw. In the days of old, would you do it again? Would you do it again? All the stories told, all the miracles. Would you do it again? Would you do it again? Oh 
Sean and Alicia as we cry for revival for our multi-site. We don't know exactly where it's going to be yet, but we are believing that that territory is going to be saturated with revival. Come on, raise your voices and cry out. These are the campus pastors of our multi-site. Oh, Lord, we know that you're going to reveal the exact territory and that you're already preparing the ground, oh, Lord. You're already preparing the atmosphere, Lord. You're already preparing it, Lord. You're already preparing it, Lord. Stretch your hands out. A decree over you. An increased mantle. A decree over you, an increased mantle. An anointing that you've only dreamed of. An anointing that you have admired from a distance. That anointing is getting ready to manifest over your life. That anointing is getting ready. You're going to be like a man from another world. Ah, they're going to say, where'd he come from? He's always been there, but he's getting ready to come out. 